0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today?
1: Doing well, doing well, super busy, juggling all that we juggle here on a daily basis, but I'm excited about football. And uh, after you tell everybody about the incredible product, Built Bar, I'll tell you why I'm excited. You're going to be surprised. Yeah,
0: Built Bar, this program, and all Locked On podcasts are brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, built bar.
1: The bar you're built by. How about that? How about that's, that? That's some shit you just did. make that up. Huh? You just, just make that up, yeah. dude. You 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 should have been the face of Madison Avenue.
0: Oh, and there's no kidding. Are I you mean, on
1: Mad Men?
0: I should be, I'm, but I'm. I'm just. I'm just mad. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, uh, and I'm and I'm half a man, so I don't. I'm mad half man, two and a half mad men. Um,
1: okay. <laughs> so no, I am a- excited about football, and you're going to go what? But no, this totally excites me. The news okay, I want to hear, it. right? It's big. It's big news. It's bra- it, it, It's 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 <laughs> it's already broken. It's not like a breaking news. Everybody knows this because it, it, I think it became official yesterday. But man, this gets me fired up about football. In a good way. And I'm not talking about mullet head over in Stillwater and all that craziness yesterday. No, no, no. This excites me about football, not depresses me. Uh, It became official last night that we now opening weekend, Labor Day weekend, which is full of football. We play college football Thursday night, Friday night, all day Saturday and Saturday night. Now there's a game Sunday night and there will be a game Monday night. The Monday night, all all those games have been scheduled in the past, but one was officially moved yesterday to Sunday night, and it is Ole Miss of the SEC versus the Baylor Bears. And uh, that's going to be a Sunday night national audience game. And I'm so excited uh, for a bunch of reasons. Number one, uh, you know, it'll be an entertaining game to watch. B, we have kind of a rooting interest in it. We can sort of, if we choose, root for Lane Kiffin for once um, because it would be good for the league, for the SEC, to beat a Big 12 team on opening weekend. And I bet Ole Miss is an underdog in the game. Uh, But I think it's a winnable game for Ole Miss. It'll be a tough game. I actually think Baylor's going to win. But I think it's a a winnable game for Ole Miss. It should be a competitive game. And just the idea of being able to sit on the couch with a cool drink on a Sunday evening when Monday is a holiday and enjoy – SEC football in a uh, in a good matchup, uh, that's that's fun stuff. And and it means that, see, my Saturdays, like all of y'all's, I, I, I try to watch as many games as I can. But the fact is the day is dominated by Alabama. When, when Alabama's playing, uh, I try to keep up with what's going on with other games. But really what I want to do is socialize and talk to my Bama friends and get excited about the Alabama game. Uh, that Ole Miss-Baylor game could have easily been lost on that Saturday. I now mean, I would, I just would have heard who won, you know, at the end and then watch the highlights, you know, late Saturday night or on Sunday. Uh, but now we get to watch the Lane Kiffin debut against a good team uh, in a situation where it makes sense to root for Ole Miss and uh, just excited about that matchup.
0: Well, and not only that, I mean, two former SEC assistants, uh, in right. Dave Aranda and um, Lane Kiffin. And you're right about That's the, right. you know, we have a rooting interest for Lane Kiffin. I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for Kiffin. I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't. Um, it, you know, I do feel like he's going to step on his goober at some point in this whole thing because that's just what he—he's a big goober stepper. I mean, and he, he's just going to
1: do that. But I'm—I—I I think that's fine. Yeah, well, I'm really interested to see what he does with John Rice Plumley, the quarterback. Um, I'll be honest—I'm. I, I, well, you have to be impressed with the kid as a pure athlete this kid's one of the best pure athletes in the sec. I mean, I, I would put him top five. I mean, in terms of who are the most athletic kids in this league, I put John rice Plumley up there, but he has not impressed so far as a passer. Now I'm hearing that he has made really dramatic improvements in this off season. Uh, Lane Kiffin is renowned as a great quarterback coach. I think if he can turn Blake Sims into an all sec quarterback, uh, maybe there is a lot of optimism about what he could do with Plumley. So I'm really curious to know at Ole Miss, is Plumley going to be the quarterback or is Lane going to choose the more traditional passer in Matt Corral, uh, who, who's from California, and Lane, of course, has extensive uh, ties there?
0: Yeah, I think that uh, if you make a great point about Blake Sims, is what I was about to say. If, if Lane Kiffin can take Blake Sims to the college football playoff and he can make Jake Coker win a national championship, and this is no shot at Jake Coker. I mean, he was great. Um, yeah, right, right. and I, I think you gotta, you gotta say the guy is somewhat of a quarterback whisperer and, uh, he deserves all the credit he gets. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. We bring all that up right now because one thing we've been doing in the local paper is we have talked about, um, fabulous games that, uh, you know, games that I've attended that were just awesome. And, um. It's been a lot of fun to do just to to stroll down memory lane with some of these things. And um one of those games was the the Auburn game in two thousand and fourteen when uh Blake Sims just put on a show there in the second half. I mean, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn from from inside the barn. Uh, early on in the contest and then just Amari Cooper goes crazy I mean everybody knows about this game I don't necessarily need to rehash it but uh, I just I had Blake Sims on the brain a little bit today thinking about
1: that and um,
0: man that yeah, was, he's one of the most uh,
1: amazing stories when the Saban dynasty is over and we spend an entire offseason just recounting let's talk about the hundred incredible things of the Saban dynasty <laughs> Yeah, I think Blake Sims becoming an all SEC quarterback leading Alabama to the playoff, that might be near the top of the list because really nobody saw that coming. I, I remember going to some practices that spring and telling my friends, including you and, and, and others t- telling my like, um, I know you guys are going to disregard this and, and, and go, Jimmy's just too much of a cheerleader. He's too optimistic. He's just lost his mind again. Uh, but when I was saying um, Blake Sims is, I don't know how this happened, but Blake is good. No, it wasn't in the spring; it was in the fall. It was in the fall. It was it was the fall right before the games because in the spring he was still kind of bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it was in the fall practices, and I was saying, uh, "Hey guys, uh, Blake is good. I, I don't I don't know how this happened." And 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 everybody, of course, under, understandably, I didn't even get upset about it because every, understandably, everybody's, you know, Jimmy, come on now quarterback's going to be a disaster. Blake Sims is a defensive back. This is just going to be a big mess. I'm like, uh, look, uh, I'm just telling you, I saw him throw the ball from point A to point B and I don't know who this guy is. I, it's not the same guy that we've been looking at for a couple of years. Cause when Blake was the AJ's backup and, uh, and then in the spring, uh, the, the dude threw a lot of worm burners. I mean, he, his arm was really erratic. Uh, you know, great athlete, but, uh, and then, But then, lo and behold, he was pretty damn good, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, he really wasn't bad. I mean, the Ohio State game notwithstanding, I mean, he, he really wasn't that bad. And even in that game, we had a Hail Mary at the end to try and tie it. So, um, yeah, and speaking of quarterbacks, one thing that uh, drew my attention yesterday was uh, the, the the crystal ball selections on Bama Online. And um, I, this may be unrelated. But a quarterback named Nico or Nico Marichial, who I I mean, is not ranked. Um, he's from Chandler, Arizona. Now he's class of 2022, so this may not may not be a big deal. He is um I actually he's on 24 7 he's a four-star. Um, on the composite, he's unranked. But um he got a crystal ball to Florida State. I found that interesting considering Alabama is chasing a Florida State commitment right now. They're in different classes. Um, Luke Altemeyer is a 2021 guy, but I just found that interesting in the sense mm-hmm. that maybe Florida State is uh trying to hedge their bets yeah. a little bit in case uh Altemeyer were,
1: were to switch. Right. Yeah, I believe uh all I'll say is you know, there's no way to know, and the kid hasn't done a lot of interviews. Uh, I'll, I'll just say I think it's very realistic that is going to flip to Alabama. I'm not even predicting it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yet. I'm not yet. I'll just say that it's, it's realistic. That, that that could really happen. That is not a pipe dream.
0: Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's good because we're going to need a quarterback in this class, as you and I have said. on um, Gosh, not here. having camps.
1: No, I mean, what, what we've done for years, and, and by the way, it's largely worked. It's largely worked is, you know, we take a swing at some big fish uh, and, and sometimes we connect and sometimes we whiff and it's easy to whiff after your class on which you sound Bryce Young. But if our main targets we whiff, then we bring in 10 or 12 guys that we just like and we line them all next to each other and they just duke it out there at camp. And when we got them side by side, you know, competing for that offer uh, among, you know, a group of guys that we just like, but haven't offered yet. And uh, doing it that way, uh, has produced, uh, you know, good quarterbacks and, uh, the, you know, that ended up being good players for us, but we were just unable to do that this year where you've got to go on nothing but the junior tape and, uh, anecdotes, you know, since the junior season. So puts us in a spot, but Hey, you know, everybody else is in the same spot.
0: Yeah, that that's, that's the key point. um, Something interesting that we'll get to here in just a second, but I want to tell everybody about Built Bar again. Absolutely delicious. We have talked about it on multiple occasions. Um, they've got—it's just the best tasting protein bar there is. And right now, they've got their inventory closeout, fifty percent off of everything. Ooh, what 50. a deal! What yeah, a deal! It. And again, these are some of the flavors. I love that pineapple upside down cake. Um, as we've talked about. German chocolate cake, peanut butter, banana nut bread, coconut almond, toffee almond, peanut butter brownie. Um, they've got all other kind of stuff there. Double chocolate mousse, mint brownie delight, banana chocolate cream, salted caramel chocolate, black cherry chocolate cream. My God, I'm, I'm getting hungry for a bill Bar, people.
1: I know. Um, Dude, I'm, I'm literally getting hungry. I'm literally like... Dang, I've got to get a new shipment of Built Bars. Is there any way I can get one in the next 30 minutes? That, that'll have to be the next technology breakthrough. The I want to use it. <laughs> and get here in 30 minutes.
0: Um, built Bar, built builtbar.com, B U I L T B A R.com. Built Bar, the bar you're built by. That is not their line. That is my line. And if they want to use it, all I ask is for 25% of the profits.
1: Uh, so. How about Built this bar. line? How about this? I just came up with this. Built bar. Because don't we all want to be in a bar? That's, that's good. Okay. That's, well, I'm thirsty too. I'm not only hungry, I'm thirsty. <laughs> a little drunk. Um, <laughs> not yet. Trying to get there.
0: <laughs> uh, so, all right, Jimmy. What else is going on in the world of Alabama f- basketball, football, anything right now?
1: Uh, I think everyone should read the article on AL.com written by the beat writer Mike Rodak, who covers Alabama. Fork.com has a great story about Wendell Hudson talking to our basketball players in a Zoom meeting about race and racial issues and about how he was the first black athlete at Alabama. It's a great great thing. And, and, and to me, it just shows, regardless of anyone's feelings on the subject, uh, Nate Oates is just such a good teacher. He, he, he's not just a good co- We all know he can coach basketball. We know that. He wouldn't be at Alabama making all this money if that wasn't true. He's a good basketball coach. But this article is a great insight into Nate Oates, the teacher, and that our basketball players are not only improving as basketball players and students at Alabama, he he really is, is, is helping them turn into men and uh and and feels that's his responsibility uh as well to help them grow uh not just as basketball players and not even just as students but uh what is a really good article I, I encourage everybody to read it
0: yeah i did read it too and i thought it was absolutely fantastic and um man you know some really good perspective on everything right now and it's just so hard i think for some people to dive into articles like that right now because they, they go in with a predisposed notion that, um you know, Hey, whatever, something's going to make me mad. This thing's going to say something to make me mad, but I don't think this article did any of that. I think that uh, it, it, it really just, it, it was an easy read and you felt a lot of pride as an yeah. Alabama guy reading it
1: afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should want, our guys immersed in uh, in their history and the history of black athletes at Alabama and, and then to talk about what they can do uh, with their platform if they choose to if they choose to uh, what they can do uh, and, and it can be as simple uh, not necessarily tweeting or leading a protest movement or attending protests or being a leader in the field it can just be as simple as voting you go to the ballot box and you vote uh, for and, and after you learn about the candidates and after you pick one that you feel represents your interests, whatever that happens to be. And, uh, I I just, it's just really good. And, uh, man, it's just, it's just really hard not to like Nate, but Hey, we were curved. We, We liked him in the minutes before it was announced. He was our head coach.
0: So Jimmy, in uh, my tradition of always having bad segues, we're going to go ahead and take one more break. But we're going when we come back, we're going to talk about two players from the University of Alabama who've been nominated for the College Football Hall of Fame. So the College Football Hall of Fame has come out with its uh, nominees. Uh, two former Alabama stars were included. I'll give them to you in a minute. They were a part of 78 former major college players on the uh, on the ballot. Now the first thing that stands out about that, uh, is damn, that seems like a lot of players. Um, and I know, I wonder, I'm going to have to dive into this a little bit more, but that seems like almost too many nominees really. But the two players from Alabama, these feel like shoe-ins to me. I'm biased a hundred percent. And frankly, when I went through the list, I saw some other dudes, a lot of dudes that look like shoe-ins to me. um, But Antonio Langham and Chris Samuels, that, I mean, my goodness, I don't know how you don't put those two guys in there. Let me just read a little bit about their accolades here. Langham, uh, of course, from Town Creek, Alabama. uh, He lettered in 90 through 93, was All-SEC for three years as a senior, unanimous All-American, and winner of the Jim Thorpe Award as nation's best defensive back. Helped Alabama to four postseason berths, including the national championship in 92, he also had the, the crucial interception in the SEC championship game, a crucial interception in the Iron Bowl that particular year that really started a, a, the shutout 17 nothing win. Um, all-time leader in interceptions at Alabama with 19. Meanwhile, Chris Samuels from down there where you are, Jimmy, an offensive left tackle, 1999 unanimous All-American and winner of the Outland Trophy, uh, it, presented for the nation's most outstanding interior lineman. He lettered from 96 to 99, two-time All-SEC performer, winner of the Jacobs Blocking Award, selected by SEC head coaches. He did not allow a sack in the 99 season. And the thing that just stands out to me about that, we played Florida twice that year. Um, won the SEC in uh, 99. If it weren't for uh, uh, Hail Mary against La Tech and really, I mean, just – I guess you can say we kind of shit the bed against Tennessee at home that year uh that, that team may have been playing for a national championship i guess they would have been playing florida state right or virginia tech or did both of those teams like was, uh,
1: yeah 99 off the top of my head was uh florida state either won the national virginia. title was it was it fsu versus virginia tech in the final
0: yeah and would they would have would
1: they um that's right fsu won
0: yeah i know fsu won but my question is were both of them undefeated i don't remember
1: I don't know, but, yeah, we, we you know, that, that 99 team, you know, we could, do, we could do a whole week of podcasts. One of the weirdest Alabama teams ever. I mean, they found a way to win. I watched the 99 team play recently. As a matter of fact, I watched that Orange Bowl. It wasn't too long ago. It was on ESPN because they were talking about Tom Brady. And uh, I watched that Orange Bowl, and one of the things that struck me is here we are playing. You know, we won the SEC, which is a big deal. And we're playing Michigan in the Orange Bowl, which is a big deal. And we almost beat Michigan, even though we had a couple of players starters suspended, you know, in the game or hurt or something. But uh, I watched that team and I'd go, God, today's Saban teams would kill these guys. We're so much better now than we were then. We're so much better. And we were still one of the better teams in college football that year. No, No doubt we were really on the backs of a very small group of elite players. Which included Chris Samuels. It was almost like Sean and Chris Samuels, and to some extent, maybe Millens, you know, willed us to victory because we weren't that great. As a matter of fact, if you just looked at that defense and, like, okay, who's going to play in the NFL here? Uh, nobody. Yeah. Like, nobody. Maybe well, one guy. Off the top of my head, I can't remember, but I think there was one NFL player. <laughs> but. No, I mean Sean and
0: uh, Sean and Chris Samuels did a hell of a job in that NFL.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, they did. Now I meant on defense. On defense, yeah, on so defense. There was, like, on defense. Okay. there was like nobody. There was nobody that was really, really good in the sense that our players are good today. Half of them are freaking first round picks. Yeah. Back then we weren't getting anybody picked. Uh but anyway, teams are so much better. That ninety nine team, I give they, they were gutsy though. I mean How do you lose to Louisiana Tech and then then pull yourself together and go beat a really good Steve Spurrier Florida team in the Swamp and then beat the crap out of them in the championship game? You know, uh, unbelievable performance by our players. I think in the end we had a pretty good staff in 99, and and that's why we won games, uh, you know, almost in spite of Mike. Mike Dubose, who who just wasn't ready at that time to be an SEC head coach. I wonder what would have happened if Mike had been passed over, remained as a coordinator, and then became a head coach in maybe 05 or 06. Might have been a different looking career for him. But sometimes you get that big job right before you're actually ready.
0: Yeah. Um, and, boy, that that SEC championship game, if you get a moment, go check it out on YouTube again. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch when uh, – when Millens gets that corner, water bugs back to his right. I mean, it's just uh, – it's, it's great. It gives you chills every time you see it. And it was a great moment for me to be at that game because um, I was on a date and um, she wasn't really an Alabama fan, but she became one, you know, in the middle of the game. So, it was great. Uh, so, anywho, um, I think those two should get in. I don't think there's any doubt both
1: right, of they, they should be. They should be. Get in. But I there hope are a it's lot not just one. They, they – they bu- Hopefully, hopefully they'll both be in at some point. But uh, Tony Langham, in particular, uh, he is one of the primary reasons we won the national championship in '92. We had a really good team then. A lot of future NFL players, including Langham, uh, that '92 team was really good. But uh, Langham uh, was—I mean, he was just—I mean, he was single-handedly responsible for goodness? to that championship game. He turns around the Auburn game with a pick six. He literally wins the SEC championship game with a pick six, one of the great plays in Alabama history. And, uh, God, he was just such a big play machine coming out of a 2A high school in Alabama and, frankly, wasn't heavily recruited.
0: He was a – I don't know that he was super heavily recruited, but, uh, you know, it's hard to say how recruited he was because the yeah. only judge at the time was
1: <laughs> Forrest Davis. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know, you could follow in the newspaper and see who was offering who, assuming that was, that was you know, valid information because who knows back then. I, I'm just saying that, uh, put it this way, uh, I'm confident enough saying this, in, in today's parlance, Antonio Langham was definitely not a five-star he might have been a four-star. At might have been, uh, in terms of the recruiting buzz and interest. Now, when he signed with us, uh, being part of the Good family coming from Town Creek, it's not like Alabama fans weren't excited to have him. I mean, he was a good pickup for Alabama. No one was going, "Oh crap, we we have to take Langham." But no one was saying that. But I'm just saying he's not. He wasn't a uh, you know today's five-star or even today's high four-star because he just didn't have the. Uh, Texas, Ohio State, USC, Georgia, LSU, Florida State offer list.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, All right, Jimmy, I know you got to get out of here, but uh, hopefully those two guys will be shoe-ins for the Hall of Fame. We will be back with another podcast come Friday, and I hope you guys have a great day and roll tight. Roll tight.